Pastor Lars here. I'm with my colleague and dear friend, Simon. Hi. Hey. We, we thought we would try something new uh, to help you as a church family stay connected to us. Um, one of the things that's really blessed me uh, in the past couple weeks of total turmoil, as I know it's been in most of your lives, mm-hmm. has just been the conversations with colleagues, with uh, all my colleagues here at church. And, and I wish there have been a number of times when we've been in conversations, and I don't know if you feel this way, Simon, but where we've been in conversations just over Zoom or in our offices yeah. or, uh, you know, over email where I go, man, I just wish we could turn the mic on mm-hmm. and people could hear sort of the conversations that we're having because I think they're really rich and they're unique and they're conversations that we wouldn't have had without the COVID-19 crisis right. that, we're, that we're in. So yeah. the idea today is to sort of turn the mic on uh, and, and let people, let, let all of you who are listening into some of these conversations and to hear from us and sort of our musings on this because we're walking... We, you have to realize that we as pastors, uh, none of us had a seminary class on this. I mean, I may, I, <laughs> on, I, on mass, uh, mass disease. Right, yeah, pandemics. Virus, yeah, pandemic. right. And I think that, uh, you know, I don't know a single pastor, or maybe there are a couple in, in larger systems who are talking about, you know, crisis management or, or you know, what, how a church responds in crisis, but it would be a very, very small amount of people. Mm-hmm. So none of us are really prepared for this and we're kind of learning like everybody else how to yeah. how to deal with this in our institution and in, in, in this in this uh, in this church and in our work so um, the question that I have for you today just to get us started is yeah. um, what what do you sense that God is up to in the midst of this time for yeah. individuals for the church and maybe even for just our church in particular yeah no, thanks it's been interesting the whole sequences of thought you know that you think about how much life has changed in uh, two and a half three weeks you know i mean we were we were somewhat aware of coronavirus mm-hmm. you know about three weeks ago um, and then it became more serious and pressing and uh, yeah no it's been interesting the evolution of thought everything from fear and insecurity uh seeking the lord in prayer i would say the first two questions that i often ask when i see tragedy or you know, in this case, a pandemic that's kind of just broken off the chain, is I really ask, first of all, you know, what is what is Satan doing, okay, mm-hmm. as a real entity uh, with, you know, some given authority? What is he doing to cause disruption, to break peace, uh, you know, to steal uh, peace, to kill, destroy? You know, because he's always at work, we know that. And so clearly we see that in the, in the brokenness of this whole situation that we fear death right now. Just yeah. let me stop you there for a second. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. people who maybe aren't used to talking about sure. Satan and his plans, yeah, yeah. just, I don't know, what do we believe about that? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. And I don't, I don't emphasize him too much, and Scripture doesn't either. I remember that in seminary we were talking about. Why doesn't, you know, the, the Bible say more about him? Yeah. Uh, what it says, it's important, but it doesn't, like, delve deep. There's no book on, on here's the theology of, right. of Satan. Um, and it's, I think it's because God doesn't want us to focus on him. That's right. right. Yep. But at the same time, we want to be wise, uh, you know, and to look at kind of brokenness, especially when there's kind of tragedy or things like that, and say, okay, how is the enemy using this to cause disruption? And how can I avoid that? You know, how, what do I need to flee from? And the Bible is clear that we have an enemy yeah. who is powerful. Sure. Uh, there's, 
we already know that he's not victorious in the end. Right. But he's he's powerful and he's at work. Yeah, and he is he's fighting a losing battle. He's fighting a losing battle. Right. There we go. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we, so at first I look at those kind of things like, man, this is, this is bad. People are in fear. Okay, so how is the enemy using this to corral people? Um, and then the second part, very quickly I go to, okay, God, now how are you using this? How are you using this moment, this experience, this story to glorify yourself? And I find operating in the balance of the two and not overemphasizing you know, what is the enemy doing, but it's certainly important to be wise. And the second part is, you know, God, what are you doing? What are you doing here to call people towards yourself? And again, we're in a real profound moment with this that we've probably not seen, you know, certainly in our lifetime. Yeah. I'm a little older than you, um, but, you know, the nation, the world has seen its share of tragedies. But this is, this is a pretty big one on a scale of, you know, worldwide panic. This is as close yeah. as we're getting so far. I was not doing church ministry during 9-11. Mm-hmm. I was finishing college. Yeah. Um, I was actively involved in a church. I don't particularly remember their response, but I think the, the obvious main difference in that tragedy, there were a lot of the same questions, mm-hmm. a lot of the same seeking God, a lot of the same sort of prevalence of there is evil in the world. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have to stop meeting together. Right. Short of maybe a few churches in New York, for the most part, you know, our churches were able to, I think we just added services and added times of fellowship right. together. Right, maybe special uh, prayer or something. Yeah, maybe, yeah, special, special prayer services. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to reduce anything. And I think that's been, for me, the biggest adjustment, obviously, as a church and, and for lots of other people, too, is just the reduction of, of um, in-person community at this time. Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a scattering uh, to this that I think is just strange. And like I said, I look at it, you know, in terms of, you know, enemy m- movements, you know, we can't meet in churches. That's a pretty significant blow yeah. to the church. However, the church will continue to, to worship and grow in different ways. Um, but again, yeah, three weeks ago, we wouldn't have expected we were going to have canceling services and I never, I never thought I would ever cancel a service in my entire career. Now you've always been committed to that. I've always been. I think I asked you a while ago, like, "Hey, how bad does the snow have to get here?" (laughs) And you said, "We don't. We don't ever close." No, it's not happening. Yeah, and and I think we can still say that we haven't canceled services. We're doing the live stream. It's clearly not the same. Uh, Yeah, it's not. And and this is something I never thought that we would do. Mm -hmm. So. This has kind of upended everything for us. In your conversations with people, something that you told me yesterday, which I thought was interesting, was um, you just said, I, I feel that people, most of the people that we talked to on the phone, and we've, you know, we've talked and texted with an email with lots and lots mm-hmm. of people in our church, and if we haven't got to you yet, sh- shoot us a text or an email. Let us yeah, know right. that you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things you said is we're still at the point of inconvenience and probably not suffering yet for a lot of people. Do you... Do you still feel that way is that yeah i mean we we you know we got to first understand we operate out of a place of of abundance right i mean this is a wonderful area i've talked about that a few times it's not just this area but this area in particular but our country even in general we operate out of some space of abundance um you know lockdown here probably looks a lot different than it did wuhan china and i know they're actually starting to lift lockdown there yeah yeah i read that too yeah. yeah Um, but it looks different here than it does there. So yeah, it's a soft lockdown here. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're still, you know, getting good takeout food and, you know, the Wi-Fi's on and, and we're still streaming, you know, we were watching a movie last night with the kids, you know, and still laughing and enjoying each other. That's a good thing. But we are we are operating out of some measure of abundance with that. 
We can still get food. I did go to Costco yesterday, uh, and uh, it was strange. You know, everything's kind of corralled. You're, you're, not, you're only allowed in one door. You used to, have to be able to go in all the doors. Right. Um, you know, you have to maintain social distancing. Uh, you know, eggs, I could only get one, one you know, case of eggs mm. at a time, you know, whereas normally they don't count that often. You know, again, it was inconvenienced, but it was, mo it was also like, this is just different. Yeah. You know, they were not as kind as they normally are. You know, the shelves were not as stocked, and it was just kind of strange. Yeah. So, again, it wasn't that I couldn't get eggs. That would be probably suffering. If I was really out foraging for food for my family, that'd be tough. Um, that's what I mean. So, mostly we're inconvenienced. You know, it's like yeah. we're still, you know, you know Wi-Fi is still hot. We're still getting food, you know. One of the things that we've talked about is just that times like this, um, encourage us towards further thought on what our theology of suffering is mm -hmm. and how deficient it is because yeah. so much of our lives are really quite convenient. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to me like uh, as, a, as a church yet that we're seeing wide-scale suffering. Um, how have you seen just in ministry, and I, I can answer this too, but I want to yeah, give you yeah, a crack yeah. first. How have you seen suffering as actually um, not a good thing, but a beneficial thing or a maturing thing? Yeah. Because my guess is, um, and you know, we're we're praying for a total cessation of this disease. Right. You know, yeah. like tomorrow, yeah. uh, today, yeah. that it would just go away from the face of the earth. Yeah. If it doesn't, and time goes on, people are going to experience more suffering. They're right. going to experience loss of jobs and portfolios and uh, emotional suffering of yeah. being separated from people. Um, we could potentially be headed for more stringent lockdown. Mm -hmm. So with the possibility that suffering may come and some are probably already experiencing some forms of it, where's God in the midst of that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, good example is I, I woke up this morning to a post from a friend whose, uh, you know, grandma's been on hospice and you know, I think she's in her 90s and they can't see her, you know. Yeah. And so there's grandma in hospice by herself, and my friend posted a picture of her and her grandma and was like, I'm sorry, grandma, I can't see you as mm. she's passing away. And to me, that was just sad. You know? yeah. We should be able to celebrate someone's life. And I know this was a, a, a grandma of deep faith. This family has a, a legacy of good faith, but that's just an odd way to go. You know, it's just not, that's not how it should be. Yeah. So again, that's where I go back to, again, the enemy has kind of stolen that moment, but the Lord will redeem yeah. in a gracious reunion but yeah I you know you said that word those words theology of suffering you know what is our theology of suffering that's been one that I've been really thinking about a lot um, I have a strange uh, history of a lot different chapters in my you know walk my Christian story and the first church that I was a part of that I came to faith in the pastor had a real emphasis on suffering it was mm. kind of strange actually um, he's he's now retired uh, but he would often preach in his preaching talk about suffering and preparing our hearts for it. And I remember memorably him saying several times, you know, hey, if you're sitting here today and you're not, you have not experienced real suffering, if you're sitting here in some measure of comfort, watch out because it's going to happen. Yeah. You are going to face some times of suffering. And he would, he would give you kind of theological, you know, basis to hang on in those seasons of suffering. And I thought it was, it was always interesting and always felt a little weird, like, Boy, he's got, he's got to talk about that. He does, but he did. And it, it, I feel like it always prepared me for, yeah, there is actually real suffering in the world. Yeah. I can't run from it. It's going to come upon me at some point. I can 
I can, you know, have as comfortable a life as I want and maybe make as much as I can, but at some point we're going to have to face the issue of suffering. And I don't know if we're quite there yet. Yeah. Um, again, I think most of us are inconvenienced, but we have to be prepared in our hearts for it. It's a reality. Yes. We are going to experience, you know, Jesus said, in this world you will experience trouble. You're going to, you know. Right. And that's a guarantee. Right. Uh, I've been reading C.S. Lewis quite a bit and, and kind of the school of, of, of C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and, and uh, G.K. Chesterton and that kind of group who were writing post-war, who, most of whom had been in World War I uh, uh, and, and had experienced the horrors of World War II in, in England. Um, and just, I'm, I'm aware of, Joy and I were talking about this yesterday, how where we are of their theology of suffering, how it's almost on every page. And C.S. Lewis writes about how in good times, only the wisest people are aware of the fact that death is a reality. Mm -hmm. But when we're faced with it, even the dumbest of us see it for what it is. And uh, and that's part of the gift of these times of suffering is we are faced with our own mortality. Mm -hmm. We're faced with the fact that the world's not exactly as it should be, and that we still need a savior mm-hmm. um, in our in our in our lives. And I think what I see over and over again is just that in times of crisis, in times of inconvenience that becomes suffering, maybe yeah. in this case, it's it's the way that God wants to mature us and give us perspective in life. Right. And you know, if, if I could you know, reach out over the speakers here to any of our people, I would just say, this is a time to lean in and listen even more closely to what God is saying to you as a beloved child of his to say, this is a time when God wants to speak to you and mature um, your faith in this time. I mean, I think that that is one of my answers to what is God up to in this time. I think in times of suffering, um, God is always uh, maturing, seeking to seeking our maturity yeah. uh, in what it means to follow him because we can't follow Jesus without some sort of sense of suffering. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, and the reason that that makes sense, as, as shocking or painful as that might be to someone like what you just said, the idea that suffering is essential part of the walk, is because we follow a suffering servant. Like Jesus came here to suffer. And it was through his suffering that we're redeemed. And, you know, while of course we're called to carry our cross, I always think about, and I remember when I first read it, it kind of disturbed me too when Paul said, you know, I rejoice in my sufferings mm. for the sake of the church to fill up what is lacking, actually, what he yeah. wrote in, uh, in Christ's suffering. You always wonder, well, what was possibly lacking in Christ's suffering? And, and again, it's just that the church is an ache, being part of, of community of faith is an ache. Uh, we long for something better. We don't always get to experience it here. Um, and yeah, I think God allows these times of ache and suffering so that we seek him more. Yeah. Well, I don't want to end just on suffering. Yeah. And that probably deserves its own you know, conversation at some point. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be great to have Joy in on that as well because I know that's something that she's pondering. Yeah, bo- both the person Joy and the emotion. Yes, the, the person <laughs> yeah. and the emotion. Yeah. Um, but maybe let's end our conversation with going back and forth a little bit yeah. or with that question of what is God up to in this time? Yeah. 
what do you see as some of the positives that that God is doing or 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 stirring up in us in this time? Maybe we can go back and forth and just yeah. share some encouragements in that way. Yeah, I was. I, we were talking about uh, the the idea of online church and streaming, you know, church services, and you know, is that a good thing or you know, it's what we can do right now. But I was reminded by a friend yesterday that at no point are people more receptive to an invitation to church. Like they're going to be online on Sunday morning and they're going to see whether they're church people or not and they're friends of yours. They're going to see that your church is streaming live now and it's much easier for them to click on that video than it is to get in their car and meet you here in this building yeah. for a service, right? So there's an increased sampling of people visiting church yeah. because it's so accessible right now. Everyone, everyone is at the front door of the church basically you know through through streaming media so that that is one opportunity that I didn't envision that's why it's so important you know quickly like when we do have a live stream service to not only click on view but also share it to your wall because it's one way you can just say why don't you come to church with me this morning yeah uh, and, and it's so easy yeah you know yeah I think one of the things that uh, an encouragement that I would give is just um, not only is it an accessible way to invite people, but I think that this time, what I've noticed in my conversations with people is that people are hungry. Mm -hmm. They realize, well, I mean, we're, we're only, you know, a couple weeks into this here. Yeah. Um, and people are already going, I miss church so much. Mm -hmm. um, I talked a little bit on Sunday just about it, this vision of the of the church as the prodigal son coming back and yeah, saying, yeah. I've been missing your presence. Right. You know, I've been missing the presence of the Father. I, I just desperately want to go back. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been part of my prayer. And, and, and part of the encouragement is that hunger maybe that many of you feel to go, oh, I'd love to just be back in the pews. I'd love to be with people. I'd love to embrace somebody. I'd love to have coffee hour and talk yeah. with somebody, you know, not six feet away. Um, right. That's part of a desire that God put in your heart for community, you yeah. know. And, and that's one of the things that I pray is that that might just increase and increase especially for those of you who are listening who uh call this your church home but mm -hmm. you know are not as regular uh because life gets busy maybe this is an opportunity to go hey you know uh we're we're not going to stack our weekends with so much stuff right. we're not going to say yes to every sports team that has sunday stuff or we're going to push our coaches you know, of our kids team to, to do their, you know, tournaments on Saturday instead mm -hmm. of Sunday, because this is something we miss and we realize we miss it when it's taken away from us. Yeah. Yeah. Locally, I can, I can see the kind of responses to some prayers we've had, which is exactly that to make church more of a priority. That's, that's been an ache of the pastoral staff here yeah. uh, for a while. And, you know, again, it's because we have so many different options, you know, these days. And so uh, is God using this in a way to cultivate a hunger for us? To return back to community yeah for yeah. sure i think so is he using this to uh, give us more opportunity of spiritual conversation you know i remember i said at lent long before we heard of COVID, yeah. i said at lent god often gives special opportunities by the holy spirit that people get more spiritually curious and hungry to know you know a, a god who loves them yeah and i i can't i mean I, it's uh, it's amazing the the opportunity we have right now yeah to be having spiritual conversations even from a a safe social distance. You know? Yeah, another encouragement along those lines is uh, talked with one of our seniors today who would be immunocompromised mm. and so has been self-quarantined for over two weeks. And and she just said, you have no idea how many people have called me and written notes and sent emails yeah. and 
um, that was super encouraging for me because I don't always know that, you know, mm-hmm. she just goes, I just feel like my church family is, is, uh, is, is like calling all the time. Oh, um, and I think there is an opportunity there for increased connection yeah. in that way of we've got time, you know, the, I've, I've laughed a couple times when I'm like, Hey, when's a good time for me to call you to people? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm just, I'm not doing anything. I'm at home. So call any time. You know, I think this is an opportunity that when God puts it on your heart, um, call somebody, email, text, and they're probably around and happy to know that somebody's thinking about them. Yeah. People, people might be surprised to know that your, your cell phone actually calls people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, and I've been discovering actually this, if you think about one good thing, I've been discovering the joy of a phone call, like yeah. actually a voice call, as opposed to a text or a, yeah. you know, just a, a you and praying over the phone for people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just to hear a voice. I called a friend yesterday. We were supposed to go to Texas this week and just following up on that missed opportunity. But to hear his voice and for him to hear mine and then to pray with each other over the phone. Um, there's just something really sweet right now about hearing someone's voice. Yes. You know? And yep. so hopefully this is some measure of intimacy even as we do this here. Yeah. Because um, we do care. We can't see everybody right now uh we're calling which is good and, and I invite you to call us if you're out there and you're feeling yep. hey i'd love to talk to somebody we're, we're here we've, we've got a little extra time these days yeah and uh amazing for me how god has used this sermon series that we've been in about god pursuing us yeah. um this is this is a time when god i believe is really pursuing each and every person every for family sure. every church every community Absolutely. um in a in a really distinct uh way that we're gonna remember yeah and go god was really speaking to us in the midst of those times and that's why again i implore our people to just open the ears of your heart mm-hmm. to listen to what god is saying to you and your family yeah yeah and really dive into it yeah well i know there's a whole lot more that we yeah. could we could converse about and uh i think we're gonna try and get pastor joy on maybe next week to talk about some things that we can do in our homes mm-hmm. and what God might be doing actually in the homes, especially for those of us with families, mm-hmm. um, uh, with kids under roof, what, what is God doing in the midst of that? And that'll be applicable for people too, who have grandkids who are home and ways that you can encourage that. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for, uh, keeping the conversation going and, and turning the mics on with me and, uh, yeah. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, and we're excited about Thursday night live worship yeah. at 7 p.m. And then also Sunday, of course. 10 a.m. Just give those two, two moments when we can gather together as a church. So keep those as a priority. If you're on Facebook, they'll be on the Hinsdale Covenant Facebook page. Uh, if you're not, uh, HinsdaleCovenant.com backslash home worship mm-hmm. should be one click and you are there. So right. 7.30 on Thursday, 10 a.m. on Sunday. That's right. Thanks, Simon. Thanks. Thank you.